Our gospel reading today is from St. Matthew, a familiar story for this particular day. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. O God of wonder, God of light, God of mystery, and God of presence, as we listen to these ancient words, we pray that we might be attentive to a word that you have for us this day. In the power of your many names, we pray with gratitude. Amen. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus had been born in Bethlehem Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for this child, and when you have found him, bring word to me so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left to their own country by another road. May God speak to us through these ancient words. We are told to follow our star. Marina Macrina Whitaker writes this in her book, Seasons of Your Heart. But for all of our romancing about stars, she says, if the truth be known, sometimes stars lead us to places we would rather not go. A star makes paths light and guides us to deeper insight. A star illuminates the night in ways mysterious and awe-inspiring. A star casts reflections across bodies of water that invite us to wonder. A star, a journey, light, seen, the stuff of epiphanies. Epiphanies call forth from us truth that maybe we haven't seen or known or even considered before. Epiphanies provide insights into new ways of thinking and being and living. Today, we celebrate the epiphany of Christ to those wise astrologers following a star into a foreign country to see a child that changed the face of the world. What might a star be 
or an internal nudge or longing be that you have followed and in the following the events of your life have changed significantly. Tom Stafford wrote these words in our Advent devotionals reflection for today. He says, you said, our daily lives often require us to take another road. When light shines brightly upon us, we're often thrilled, excited, and a bit afraid. But once our eyes adjust, we often see things more clearly by that light, by that new light. In my journey, in Tom's journey from his home in Kentucky to this strange land in San Francisco over 15 years ago, I started on a path of change, he said, and a new light. From the first, John and I, for the first time, John and I were going to be together as family. We had never lived together before we moved here. My family back in Kentucky was both concerned and hopeful that my new life out west would help me find success and happiness. The first year was a struggle. I asked John more than once, when would I be allowed to go back? My mother became ill and passed away in the second year. The surrounding light seemed chaotic, but I eventually adjusted. When I decided to leave my comfort zone and set out on a different road, the change was challenging, but it also set me on a path that made me a better person. I changed my career over time while still enjoying the things that I love to do. As I turned and let the new light guide me, the new road brought me home. Today, Epiphany, if it's about anything, it's about being guided by light to walk in paths we haven't walked before. For Epiphanies are all about light, being led, being open, finding home, and eventually being grateful. The word Epiphany means manifestation, insight, Seeing that which you hadn't seen before, we often use it as Jenna said, an aha moment, noticing something new and expansive. It's all about light, light being revealed and grasped and understood. It's also about being prodded, challenged to take risks, like Tom did, that led to generativity and life. The wise astrologers were outcasts, pagans, if you will, at least from the Hebraic perspective. They followed the light of the star in search of the one that they understood as the Messiah, the King of the Jews. So what does this tell us about God? I believe it tells us that God is not concerned with labels or barriers or certain belief systems, or who is part of us and who isn't. On the contrary, the story tells us a great deal about the mind and intention of God, which is that all are included. The story of the wise guys, as I like to refer to them, reminds me that God created and creates all people in every land and every corner of our planet. In the story, we have foreigners coming to a foreign land. This, in and of itself, 
is significant. Their minds and their hearts had to be opened first to a foreign god, allowing them to hear and respond to the summons of this god who sought them and invited them. We often read over that and don't realize the significance of the outcast, the foreigner, the outsider, going beyond fears and coming in, in response to the holy. Although, although the journey, for reasons that were probably unknown to the astrologers, they accepted that invitation. When have you and I done something similar? We've all done it. In 1975, nearing the completion of my first year at seminary at Princeton, I had this nudge, theologically speaking, you might call it a call, to do something different than academic work. So I decided to apply for a series of internships across the country. All my interviews were face-to-face, except with First Presbyterian Church of Monterey. We simply had a conference call. Now, what that meant back then was that a bunch of different members went to different offices and picked up different extensions of the same line. (laughs) And each person who picked up a new extension, I heard less because it reduced the um, frequency. Yes, this was a day before Skype and FaceTime. The reception was wretched, so I was responding to questions that I wasn't really even sure what the questions were, but I was trying my best. After the conversation, A half hour later, they called and offered me an 18-month position, and I accepted. Sight unseen for both of us, them and me. Now, why did I do that? There was no earthly reason, but something in my gut said yes. It was an epiphany, and it was an epiphany that has forever changed my life. Very similar to what happened when I came here now 27 years ago, but that's a different sermon. I believe epiphanies pull out the very best in us so we can be the best for God, so we can be the best for ourselves. To follow our star, if you will, is to trust the inner workings of the spirit within us. Like those wise astrologers, they were unafraid to fail, They were unafraid to risk. They were unafraid to take the wrong path on their quest to bring them to the right one, leading them to the light, the light of the Christ child. As our theme, this Advent and Christmas, has reminded us, God's promise is all about the unexpected. The unexpected, where we're changed forever. And this, my friends, is what epiphanies are all about. Remember the song of Mary, the Magnificat, that we read a couple weeks ago? Her words are epiphanal. Isn't that a great word? Her her words were epiphanal. They were about the unexpected. The powerful will be brought down from their thrones. The lowly will be lifted up. The hungry will be filled with good things. And those who are wealthy will walk away with nothing in their pockets. Epiphany pushes us to see things differently from a different perspective. And I had an epiphany about the epiphany 
Earlier, I mentioned that epiphanies are about light, being led, being open, and eventually being grateful. Yes, grateful. When an epiphany has grabbed us, challenged us, transformed us, and changed us, and we didn't resist it but gave ourselves into it, our hearts eventually turn to gratitude. Yeah? I recently read a line by Maya Angelou that I have not been able to let go of. She wrote, let gratitude be the pillow on which you kneel. Let gratitude be the pillow on which you kneel. The epiphany of the Christ child to the wise men was all about kneeling on the pillow of gratitude, for that was the foundation of their response to their journey. They brought their gifts out of a sense of gratitude for this child that had been promised them. Gratitude, if you really think about it, is a response to trust. In fact, we only give the gift of ourselves to someone whom we trust. And the giving, I would be so bold to say, comes from a heartfelt sense of gratitude. So if this is true, and I believe it is, again, what does this tell us about God? God entrusts, God trusts us enough to give God's very self, Emmanuel, through the Christ child, out of a sense of gratitude for the gift that God has created. Friends, this means that God trusts us and entrusts us with the gift of the Christ so we can be manifestations, epiphanies to the world to bring about the unexpected, to bring about love and community and justice and welcome. May gratitude be the pillow on which we kneel as we follow our star, those inner nudgings. May this be true for each of us and for our church community as we live into this new year, 2018.